What's up, everyone? It's Tyler from Shop Talk. So before we get into some football today, I wanted to real quick thank y'all for listening, tell you a little bit about our company, Game Time Sidekicks. So we're a brand of officially licensed stainless steel drinkware with over 300 plus NCAA universities. We're located in Knoxville, Tennessee. We sell online at GameTimeSidekicks.com, as well as retailers and fan shops all across the country, like Dick Sporting Goods, Alumni Hall, Rally House, Shields, and lots of campus bookstores. We do all our logo and color printing here in Tennessee and offer tons of designs for each school. Our drinkware line ranges from stainless steel sippy cups all the way to 20, 30, and 40-ounce tumblers, all double-wall, vacuum-insulated for maximum temperature retention. So check us out on all the socials under GameTime Sidekicks or GameTimeSidekicks.com and use code SHOPTALK for 15% off your order. This podcast, Shop Talk, is really just the ramblings that naturally occur around our office, so we wanted to hit the record button and bring that to fans. Uh, nothing scripted or produced, clearly. Just three goofballs talking football while we try to run a cool business. We really appreciate y'all's support. Thank you for listening, and let's get into some football. All right, Shop Talk's back. It's Tuesday. Uh, recording a day late here. Thanks, uh, Cole. Usually when we do that, we'll try to focus a little more on the next week's games um, just because most everything has been said about the month. And let's be honest, I don't really want to talk about the Saturday games. <laughs> um, I'm the NFL. Well, it was a, boys, it was a rough weekend for me. <laughs> Let me just run down my, my teams. Except for me going into Tennessee Gamer Room for Tennessee to win. That was a positive. <clears throat> Outside that, Florida got the brakes beat off of them. Uh, woke up Sunday morning to watch the Falcons and the Jaguars play. They got the break speed off of them, and they're they're ad- abysmal. And the Patriots are the worst Patriots team I've ever seen in my life. Where, like where was horrible. The Falcons game was overseas. London. Right? Okay, yeah. it was a London game. It actually wasn't too mad about that one, only because um, I kind of like the Jaguars this year too. That's not my, it's not like my team team. You but weren't mad because Desmond Ritter looks so good. Desmond Desmond Ritter. Well, honestly, like. It's much easier to to root for the Falcons to tank because you know, like that's it, 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 I don't know. With them, I can be like, okay, yeah, tanking seems smart, but I don't know that I could, as a Patriots fan, I could ever root for them to tank. Like that's just a weird place for the Patriots yeah. fans to be. But Belich- they're Belich- that bad. Belichick doesn't tank. That's the problem. Like they're they're that bad this year that like it looks like they're tanking. with Caleb Williams. You know, like he's going to be uh, obviously the first overall pick, like a could be a franchise changer. And so, like, it wouldn't be the worst time to tank, but that just that's a weird thing for them. So, I think the like watching them this year and how bad they are just really shows you how good Tom Brady was. Yeah, I don't want to say it, but it is true. I mean, for that, um, the amount of time that they were good while he was there, because if you look at it, they're not. They're not the last couple of years of Brady. I think he got a. I think he allowed management so many luxuries of like not having to go out and put together a plus offensive players because he was just a, he was a fix all for that mm-hmm. and, and he made other people great. Yeah, and they were like, oh well, we can we can get away with not having you know stud receivers or I know they had Gronk, but you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And then when he leaves, you're like. Oh, this is how bad some of these rosters were. I mean, that first year without him was terrible. Then Mac finally made the or Mac made the playoffs his rookie season, and they got beat by the Bills like sixty points in the first playoff game. They didn't make the playoffs last year, 
I mean, well, you I can, can look be, around the league and just see the importance of the quarterback position is yeah. so. I mean, it's just. I don't know if y'all watch the Patriots Cowboys game, but that I'm and I'm not like I'm not this guy, but that may be one of the rougher quarterback games I've seen played in a long time. It was it. It's I told Jamie it's like the equivalent of like a, a golfer having like the shanks. Like he couldn't do anything right. Yeah. It was kind of tough to watch, and they put in Zappy and didn't exactly get it. I haven't been able to watch much of the NFL, but because my son's been playing mostly on Sundays, on, yeah, on Sunday afternoons playing ball. But um, I know this from my fantasy team, which is in last place in the league without a win. <laughs> I picked Joe Burrow, and oh, he's not wow. having yeah. much of a. I, mean, I think he's still he's hurt. hurt. Yeah, and then they're kind of forcing him so. And those pe- there's people who stacked and took Jamar Chase first and Joe Burrow, like, you know, to get that stack. Oh, have, a lot of people I've, will do that. And me, even worse, I have T. Higgins. Yeah. So I'm thinking double points, and it's ended up, I'm getting like six points yeah. out of combined. Combined. <laughs> well, I mean, at this point, I think you set Joe Burrow. Yeah, that's happening. In fantasy and in real life. And I love Joe Burrow. I think he's awesome, but like, <clears throat> he's he needs time. He's so hindered that he actually, you know, how they always say, like, what, uh, 70% Joe Burrow is better than your. Right. Well, now he's like thirty percent, and he's not better than your backup right. at this point. He's—it's not his. I mean, he obviously would he's be if he's sitting, healthy, but yeah, he's trying he's to push the duck back there. And I mean, they're just pinning their ears back, from yeah. what I understand. Yeah. So now I—I I, I still the with the Patriots even not being good, I can still I still watch more of the NFL than anything. It's still such a fun league. It like, is. But so this is a college teams. football podcast, so yeah. we should probably talk about <laughs> yeah. that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I told you, I'm trying to cope. <laughs> We're avoiding that conversation. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Week five is over with. And I don't know, boys. It was a pretty good week for you guys. I went to the game, so you can thank me for that. Um, I left at halftime, though. So. <laughs> I'm pretty, hey, we were already up. I have now. a reputation of not staying at a game past 8 o'clock. So. Nothing wrong with that. You made it past 8. Yeah, maybe... Game didn't kick off till seven thirty, so when it was closer they, to nine. When uh, May, yeah, when they did the pick six, I was like, okay, let's go. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was good. It was. Am I surprised? Not really. Um, I am happy that Tennessee was, you know, able to to kind of ride the ship a little bit. Um, but yeah, I I this is a game that kind of made me. It makes you remember the important things of SEC football, and even the Florida game, for that matter. <clears throat> they always say they've said this for a while, and I always thought, okay, do we still think that, or now has it changed? What what is it? But when they you say in the SEC, you got to run the football and stop the run, like, and I was like, okay, is this, are we still in that type of a league? But I, in this game, yeah, I mean, they couldn't do either. Yeah, uh, yeah. or South Carolina couldn't do either, and right. Tennessee did both really well. And I think there for a couple of years, maybe with I mean the year that Joe Burrow had at LSU, the way Hendon Hooker had a season at, at Tennessee for a while, it was kind of changing. But this year's SEC is a little bit different to me. It's almost like there's not any standout dominant teams, and it's and they and they seem to be a little more run heavy this year. I feel like yeah, yeah, I, I think so too. I don't know what it what it is necessarily. I think there's some there's a a good handful of good running backs in the league this year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's there's not the Tua's, the even the Mac Jones type quarterbacks that are are distributing like that. But uh, but yeah, I think Tennessee looked good. What y'all think? I thought it was our best performance as far as 
uh, a whole complete game. Com- yeah, both sides of the ball uh, of the year for sure. I mean, I felt like coming off the well off the Florida game, I'm, our defense I felt like didn't want to like it was the weirdest thing. Like they just didn't want to tackle. I mean, and credit to Florida. I mean, they played a good game, but I just felt like you know not having played much competition in the other games that we had played other than Florida. Our, I felt like our defense had played pretty well other than the Florida game, but in that Florida game, it was just painful to watch. Like we didn't want to, didn't want to tackle, didn't want to wrap up anybody. And in this game, our, I felt like our defense was really dialed, you know, dialed in. Now granted, we knew going into the game that South Carolina's offensive line was, was Weak. rough. And we did, expose that which is which is good because Spencer Rattler is a heck of a quarterback and I think given given time you know it could have been a different story in this game but he just had so much pressure um, throughout the game that I didn't ever feel like he was able to get in any sort of rhythm um, and and defense outside of the one blown run you know where we go with the 75 yard touchdown run yeah. outside of that the only other touchdown we gave up was on a short like on a when Milton threw a pick and they returned it to like the 25 or 30 yard line so it was a very short field so that's, I mean and the t- South Carolina rushed for 132 but like 75 of that off one play was off one play yeah so I don't know I They're, feel I felt like good. that was I mean two teams that were fairly similar but I think, man, that's it's just like when we were in the swamp, man. That like the home field advantage in the SEC is a big deal, and when you get momentum going early in a game like that, it's almost it almost felt like to me in that game we they were really were never hanging with us. It's like we took off, scored early, mm-hmm. and then I, I, you, you I just felt like you were in complete so control of that game, and the yeah. crowd noise and yeah. everything just felt like it was rattling uh, Spencer Rattler, and I just no, I, I don't know, it just. That to me just feels like such a big factor in a game like that of the crowd noise at night, something like. You know. I think too, though. So there may be. I think they may be similar offensively, but defensively, Tennessee's just better. Yeah, like, I agree with that. And even with a bad Florida Florida performance defensively, like just watching them, South Carolina just doesn't have it defensively. I mean, that's it's almost Tennessee kind of had their way with them, and even then. I mean, another chunk, chunk play, like Leggett, their good receiver, Mm -hmm. he basically, especially just throughout the first half, he was basically non-existent until they faked that punt, which you knew was coming Mm -hmm. because it's Shane Beamer. Mm -hmm. Somehow that still happened. But, yeah, I think, you know, Tennessee had a better – who's five? Tennessee's DB, Hayden. He had a a much better game. Yeah, I mean, that one – the pick six was – I mean, it's hard. I mean, when a guy has an interception, it's hard to say he wasn't in position. But yeah, I mean, that ball just kind of sailed right yeah, into his face over. mask. But I mean, he's been in position a lot now. He's had some pis, which you know, hindsight, a lot of times the fifteen yarders a lot better than a touchdown. So <clears> I mean, maybe that's part of his strategy. But he's had a good season. I think uh, he had a rough Florida game. Yeah, and he even got when he got announced for the starting lineup, there were some boo birds, but. You know, I think that's kind of silly. However, I think he did he did kind of play a lot better. Um, Milton, I thought played a, be, a, yeah. a good game as well. Like um, accuracy, which is what we need from him. And I, I know we've talked about it multiple times. I think we kind of go. I mean, it's the quarterback, but 
if he's not performing, it's going to be hard for us to win. And and he played well. Uh, I watched him throwing warm ups too. That it, I mean, it is like we talk, we joke about like people getting, or at least I joke about people getting infatuated with like his back flips and his eighty yard throws. But it's hard not to <laughs> when you watch him warm up. Like the dude just flicks it, and it's just it's it so looks like smooth. A punt. I mean, it's just yeah. So you're like, goodness gracious. It, it, I mean, granted. Then you you know your quarterbacks go through drills at the at the warm ups you know some of these are kind of long ball routes and some of them are like short little slants and yeah those little ten yard outs he puts it he sticks it in their guts mm-hmm. and like that may could use a little more touch but it's fun to watch them warm ups I mean the you can tell just even Nico and he throws the ball well. There's a difference when mm-hmm. those two throw the ball, like a, a huge difference. It's, it, and it, so my point is, it's kind of hard not to get infatuated. It's super fun to watch. Yeah, and you're like, oh man, just do that. <laughs> just need him to be accurate, yeah, and he was in this game. If if he plays, I mean, if he th- if he's accurate with the ball, I mean, not granted the receivers, you know, caught the ball better too. I mean, had one really egregious, or I say egregious oh. drop on a. Yeah, I said. I, actually, I think there was two. Uh, no, I think of it, but where he just put it right on the guy and they just drop it. But it's easy for me to say when the ball's not coming at me at you know seventy yeah. miles an hour. You know, <laughs> football doesn't you know doesn't normally come that fast. So oh, you. it was tough to watch uh, the Brew McCoy injury. I hate it for oh, him. Oh god, uh, Milton to me just looked in the. It's game by game. That's what I'm just. I'm not really sold on him. Is but he did. Have, he seemed more poised in this game, sitting back there, a little more comfortable, not just rattled. Again, that could be that he's at home. And, home. Mm-hmm. You know, and but, South Carolina can't get to him. Like they just no, they don't have anything on defense. Which yeah. is, yeah, I don't know. I mean, kind of looking at it from their perspective, I think they've got just enough flash to make people, I don't know, get them some attention on a national or just like a overall SEC stage but i just don't they don't have as of right now they just don't have the the guys in the trenches and on defense to like compete i think at a higher level in the sec also but, Cade mays was back be, for yeah, tennessee which yeah. uh is our starting center and uh yeah kind of an anchor of the offensive line and so that definitely helps having him back it makes yeah. you, i mean it it sells you on our run game being you know a lot better with him in there and then yeah. and then uh, you know on the other hand i start thinking well, how bad is south carolina's defensive front and how good are we offensively with with mays in there i think i mean we're we're significantly better there's no doubt about that but i i want to see it again and against a and m a and m is going to be a good test is that the next game yeah, yeah, we're on a bye week. week. Okay, so don't you – I mean, I think y'all would agree being able to go into a bye week with a win, especially yeah. a dominant win at home, yeah, it's so much better than having to go into a bye week, even even after like a UTSA win. Like yeah. you want to go into a bye week off a dominant SEC performance. And especially coming into one that is a, a tough game. A you want to have a, some confidence. Yeah, that's going to be a big – I mean, we can talk about it next week, but that's going to be a big game for both programs, mm-hmm. right, honestly. I thought this game was really big for Tennessee. I I wasn't sure I can spin anything, but I wasn't sure how I was going to spin Tennessee's trajectory if they would have lost this one in a bad one in a bad way. Um, because it, it feels Florida feels more like a bump in the road than a complete uh, revamp. Of, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, which every every week that something like the Florida game from a Tennessee perspective. 
something like the Florida game happen. In the SEC, the good news is you got you probably next week you get a chance to redeem yourself and make total people totally forget. That's the thing, like you know, I think football fans or sports fans in general sometimes get in this habit of like evaluating the entire season after each game. And I don't think obviously that's not like emotionally healthy, but it's it's also it's also just not a good way to evaluate a performance, right? So <clears throat> if we if we did this like okay, after every game, like what does this mean for the rest of the season? Like that's a tough rabbit to chase. And I think this kind of allows like now we see like you said, now we kind of see well hopefully, you know, Florida was just kind of bumping the road. And hopefully it was you know, cuz look at both of their games after that. Like Florida went and laid an egg at Kentucky and Tennessee, you know, kind of got back on the horse versus South Carolina. So I feel like this year specifically in the SEC we're going to have a lot of upsets especially when teams are playing on the road yeah uh just because there doesn't seem to be the you know the dominance really that there has been over the last few years by a couple of teams or even the you know not even just speaking to Alabama Georgia but just the kind of top 2 to 3 teams within each you know the east and the west i feel like you know going on the road and winning at a place like a Missouri or a Kentucky or a, I mean some people would put Kentucky in there anyway but you know going on the road and getting a win at some of these places is going to be difficult yeah. even for the quote unquote higher you know yeah because higher like, end teams like we've talked there's no pushovers I mean we'll get into the rest of the schedule but there's nobody I mean there may be like Vandy may be a pushover I mean we can jump into this one now but look at what Georgia and yeah. Auburn games yeah. Yeah, you know those, I yeah mean, uh, you you and, had and, a, a team that Auburn had a chance on that one. Sure. Yeah. They had the ball with yeah. I I was trying to catch it in the terraces little TVs, and so I didn't totally get to see. But am I right in saying they had the ball with like two minutes left to, and 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 only needed what a, a one touchdown to, to I tie. thought they were down they got, four. They got beat by, by seven. seven. But I thought that was twenty four to twenty. At it one was point. twenty to twenty at one point. It was tied. Oh, it was 20 to 20. 20 so, to 20, so, so they probably had the ball with a chance to take the lead. At, okay. But it was earlier in the fourth quarter. And then because Georgia, I don't think, scored that go-ahead touchdown, if I remember right, until like maybe at the midway through the fourth quarter. Yeah, so, I was thinking like seven minutes or yeah. something. Because you felt like Auburn could go score tied up, but then you were like, don't leave too much time. You know, yeah. it's kind of yeah. one of those things. Or go for yeah. two at the end of the game kind of thing. I think I was – you know, playing ahead. But to your point, they had they had the Auburn in the fourth quarter had the ball yeah. in a tie game. You know, they didn't score. They punted to Georgia. Georgia scored. They still got the ball back with a chance to tie. Didn't you know? Didn't make it happen. But just the whole game. I mean, Auburn. I mean, they played. They played for a team that looked dead in the water to me against Texas. I mean, Texas and they looked terrible. And just on the season, they just haven't looked good. Um, but. I mean, you got a first-year head, co- a new head coach yeah. there. You know, a lot of transfer portal guys. You know, it's gonna take it's gonna take some time. Yeah. So, I mean, that kind of performance and their offense on that night, they ran the two quarterback system where they had different quarterbacks. You know, in the same drive, it wasn't like one quarterback got one drive. They'd have, you know, Ashford come in for two plays and then switch back. You know, like. uh it was, it, but they they played well. I mean, their defense, surprisingly, to me, that you know, 
because they had just given up a boatload of points in the second half to Texas A and M last last week. So I think with Georgia, you know, show me one game, and I'm not going to make any assumptions based on one game. Show me a couple games, you could, you know, they're vulnerable. They're I'm not. Yeah, I'm not here to say that I'm predicting losses for them. I'm just here to say that it's not. You're not a hater if you think something with Georgia is not as good as last year. Sure. You know, like that's not a hater take. It doesn't. It's not a Florida fan. Like that's an objective take that, like, hey, this team's still really good. They may, if you told me they go undefeated, I, you know, I can believe you. But there's also a cause, a little bit to say, that, hey, they're not as good as last year. So let's not take the undefeated side of it for granted, for sure. So, um, yeah, real quick on the Florida game. I mean, I ain't talking about this. Not much to talk about. It reminded me of the Utah game a little bit. It, first, it reminded me of the Tennessee game, just from an opposite perspective. But it was like, oh, one team can't get anything going, and everything's going right for the other team. And then it then it made more sense to compare it to Utah because it happened to us again at Utah. It just couldn't get. I was surprised that. Well, first of all, let me say this: the youngest team in the league. That's. That's what young people do. Young people are inconsistent. That's part of being young is the what what you lack in maturity and like just keeping like a steady high performance level. Like young people are up and down. They're kind of unpredictable. I say young people, younger athletes that aren't experienced in playing college football is what I mean. Um, that's what you get. You get some of the peaks of some of those guys are really high and they're really good. And I think it's was disrespectful to think that they're going to win two games this season. But in the lows, maybe I, you know, you can obviously see where that's coming from a little bit more. I, I kind of just was surprised that they were so, that Kentucky was so much more physical than them in the run game. I thought Tennessee, it's like Tennessee showed us that Florida was more physical than Tennessee. But if we're to judge, if we're to, you know, look at that on like a, well, is Kentucky even more physical than Florida? Like that was a, they, they just bullied them around. They couldn't, we couldn't tackle, didn't have nothing for them in the run game, everything. Have you ever seen the call where they go to punt and the guy tries to jump over the ledge? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Apparently it's illegal. It is. That that happened. We caused them to punt. That happened. The very next play, they run a 75-yard touchdown. Yeah. Bummer. Yeah. It was – yeah, I was just surprised the same thing about about how, out, you know, out physical they were. But that goes to the point of where you're saying youth <clears throat> within the – you know, young athletes, when a team's really young like that, that even more like – the home field advantage slash momentum of the game, I feel like is even more, you know, visible in yeah. a game like that. You know, like that those same young kids were feeding off that home energy and, and good momentum when they, you know, took it to Tennessee a couple of weeks ago. They go on the road and it's like, oh, you know, like they just don't have that experience or those enough experience to be used to that. Yeah, the right guys be used to it, I guess. You know, it's it's just an experience thing. Yeah. Like I said, they're young. We don't have a single senior on the three deep on defense. And if you factor in both sides of the ball, I heard a crazy age stat about that the other day, but I forget what it was. It was just the point is 
they're really, really young. Now, do I also think calling your favorite team young, is it a coping mechanism for most fans? Yeah, it is. It makes you feel better about getting your tails whipped. <laughs> but then it's also kind of the truth. They're young. Like, their quarterback's 40, but <laughs> the rest of the team is really, really young. The good the between ETN, um, you know, uh, Wilson didn't play. The guy that played really good the first drive of Tennessee then got hurt that hasn't played since then. He was marked as a full participant, but he didn't, he never played a snap. That's that's a big game changer for us. And th- to wrap the Florida game up, Florida's the top team that when they get down ten points, they're done because their game it, it unravels. Their game plan now at this in the same breath, if they're up ten points, you're done because the way that they construct their game plan, it kind of if you get up 10 points on them or let's say 14 points, 10 points is probably wrong, but 14 points, I think that kind of pulls them out of their game plan a little bit and puts them in a place that they're not comfortable. They don't want to sling the ball all over the field necessarily. And you saw Kentucky and Utah both be able to do that. Get up on them early, pull them out of their game plan, get the ball out of Trevor Etienne's hands. He once again did not have a lot of carries. Um, so that's that's a tough thing. We, we need to be able to – to whereas Tennessee – you get up 14 points on Tennessee, nothing changes in their in their playbook. Nothing. That's they they call plays like they were up 14, down 14, it doesn't matter cuz they can score so fast. Tempo, but, the tempo never really changes. No. But with us, we unra- we unravel. Mm-hmm. One thing about Kentucky though that I I'll be anxious to see cuz like <clears throat> Kentucky played literally no one up until Florida. Like the their their schedule, they're 5 and 0. They Florida's the only yeah. decent team they've played. Yeah. And they could not throw the ball on Florida. No. It was a complete run game. I, do you have a – I was trying to look uh, – here's yeah. team stats. Uh, Ray Davis ran for 280 yards. Yeah, but that passing, passing, how many – how many even attempts did they have? Uh, was, well, I mean, in their defense, they didn't really have to, but O'Leary was 9 of 19 for 69 yards. Nice. Uh, one touchdown. That's what I'm talking about. Nine – I mean – he only like he he only threw the ball a total of nineteen times, but the, I mean I remember hearing a stat. I want to say in the first half he had f- like four. I can't remember if it was four attempts or four completions in the first half. Like that's so embarrassing. That's you're not going to be able to do that against a lot of teams and expect to win. He's going to have to you know like maybe he can, but he's there's still in my mind you still got some some proving to do. Here's my thing with Kentucky. Everyone's like, oh that maybe that's who can challenge Georgia. Incorrect. I will die on that hill. You are not going to beat Georgia at Georgia's at being Georgia. Like you're you're going to beat Georgia by offering them something different that makes them uncomfortable. You're not going to beat Georgia in the trenches, being what Georgia loves to do best. Like the old Alabama teams. I don't think you beat them by being. You got to be Hen and Hooker yes, last yes. year. Yes, you That's have to you be. Have. You have to be yeah. different. You have. It's just. It's. I mean, don't get me wrong. I could, I, I know nothing when it comes to college football. Sometimes we think we know something we don't know. I just judging historically on like how Georgia's fared because Kentucky has been good in the past and they've been good like this. They've been built strong in the you know physical run game. They've been built like that. And ever you know, there's been other times we when Georgia and Kentucky play. Oh, they could challenge them. Now Georgia also may not blow them out because Georgia their offenses they're no not. But I just and I've never I'm until I see it I don't think that you beat Georgia at, be, at being Georgia you know yeah, just running it down their yeah, throat I just that that's I mean Kirby you that's 
that's what he. They'll speaking, get they'll get their chance. That, like, yeah. They'll get their chance this Saturday. Yeah, that's who that that's the game. This is yeah. okay. I haven't even looked they play, at the schedule yet. They, that's why you were talking they get, about. Yeah, yeah. Well, they okay. they play this Saturday well, at Georgia. I could look like a big idiot. I can Saturday. tell you, if you're going to beat Georgia, you have to stop Bowers. God, he's he is so the good. Greatest player in Dude, college football. I, I love watching him. I do too. Dude, he's he is. It's it's like a fast Gronk. <laughs> it is. And and Gronk was run a four six nine. <sighs> so like Brock Bowers is literally like a fast Gronk. I'm not he, saying he's going to be as good, but. He you know what I mean. Two balls. Did you see the two catches at one time? Back to back. No, they were back to back. First one, he's moving to like he's moving to his right. Balls under or thrown behind him, like on a crossing route. He he like catches it behind him, one handed left hand catches it, goes <laughs> down. Then the play right after that, he kind of gets into like a sweet spot, you know, kind of kind of in a window, and yeah. you can tell there's defenders he behind just him, in sitting in it, yeah. Ball's coming at him. He's turned looking at the defender coming at him, reaches out one-handed, grabs it one-handed, pulls it in before the guy can hit him. Like, he's watching the guy he's coming at him. He's a cheat code. He he's really literally is. a cheat code. Like, the crazy thing is, he they he had, I think he had two catches for nine yards in the first half. Like, yeah, and then he ended with 150. <laughs> in, the, in the fourth quarter, he's the best he had, like, I want to yeah. say 140-something yards in the fourth quarter. If you don't like watching Brock Bowers play, it's just because your fandom doesn't allow you to. If, yeah. if being just uh, completely subjective, that dude is so fun to watch. <laughs> it's just, it's like he's, he's like his spike from Little Giants. Like, I, I, all these little yeah. dorks trying to tackle him, he's just like, ding. If, if the Heisman Trophy, which I don't believe in anymore anyways, but... The Heisman Trophy yeah. is to go to the best player. It's the, in he's the best player. It's I also thought Kyle Pitts was the best player that year too, but yeah. it's not a. Yeah. It's never it's a, a quarterback. Uh, award. It's a quarterback award. It is, but he's the best player in college football, bar none. Yeah, he's so oh, he's so good, dude. He's so good, and like he's been good. This is three years. This is thirty years. Yeah, yeah, he's okay. a he's a true junior. When I saw him as a freshman, I was like, "Oh, great! Three more years of this. Can't wait." Yeah. And here we are, three years later, and he's like, "Oh, he's even better." Yeah, he has improved. Yeah, even after three years, yeah, you know, like, what do you think? Teams are double teaming every game. Like, of course, they're bracketing coverage, and he's still dominant. Um, Alabama, Mississippi State. Alabama got back on track, forty seventeen. Um, let's see. Oh, Kiff. We yeah. We, we need to Oof. wrap up this past week, but dude, that was a. Everyone talking about before this game. Oh, he didn't have a signature win. His signature win was Kentucky last year, or whatever. This is it, and this was a burner. <laughs> No defense. 55 to 4. This is my style of game right yeah, here. Give me a basketball it. score. I love it. I love it too. And I'm glad that the the people at Oxford got to see that. Like, you know, they it's been a while, I guess, the Kentucky game, but there's something about being Kentucky and beating LSU when LSU's ranked. Like, that's a bigger game. Oh, Miss LSU, you ask L or Ole Miss fans, who would you rather beat? High ranked Kentucky or LSU? Give them LSU in a shootout too. I, I always look at games like this too. Not only is it Ole Miss and LSU, but it's to me it's Kiffin versus Kelly. Yeah, I like he got it. him. You know he likes it. Too. And and now you start looking at Ole Miss LSU's, got two losses or uh, LSU yeah, got two LSU losses. Got two yeah. losses already. Five games and they've in. still not played Alabama. They've mm-hmm. still not played. Who else do they have to play? That's tough. I know Texas they haven't played Auburn, Texas A M. Yeah. Who they do they play anybody from the? I know Kentucky plays well, Alabama. They played, so uh, they played. They got beat by Florida State. So yeah, but I'm just, so they only have they're one. They've SEC got loss, the rest but. of their skit. They play at Missouri next, which that's no that's no, 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 no that's no pushover. Push at Missouri this week, and then Auburn comes to them. Uh, Army, Alabama, Florida, and oh, Texas A&M. Oh yeah, they haven't played Florida. Florida, yeah, yeah. and Texas A&M's our it's last game. It's at Florida. 
uh, Florida game is at LSU. Or actually, yeah, it's at LSU. Sorry. And then a so A and M A and M is at LSU, LSU as well. Well, they do got a good schedule. They going do forward. so they the rest of their road. The only away games they have left are Missouri and Alabama. So I, I Alabama see them losing to Alabama. Alabama wants that, blood this year. Alabama's just not uh, it. until I uh, I'd have to go with Alabama, but we'll see. I mean, we're granted we're Alabama's, still only two SEC games in. We Alabama's don't know much. Defense only gave up ten to Ole Miss. Yeah. Like so, that's and why only, I'm, I'm only seventeen in Mississippi State, and and Mississippi State put up a lot versus LSU. That's why LSU could have lost to Mississippi about, State too, because we all know that Alabama's offense isn't what it has been. But if their defense is what, you know, Georgia has kind of hung their hat on defense for you know for the last couple of years, but then you know scored enough, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like maybe that's Alabama this year, maybe you know. Um, Texas A&M, 34, Arkansas, 22, and then Missouri throttled uh, Vandy, 38, 21. Well, throttled 17 points, whatever. Um, okay. By week coming up for Tennessee, like we talked about, good week to kind of get some rest, get some you – know, I don't know that they're necessarily yeah, – you know, Cooper Mays played, so that I don't think that's a big deal. I think uh, McCoy's I mean, out for the season, so that yeah. don't matter. Milton, I think it'll be good for him to have a week off just because I, I still, yeah. I mean, the way he got tackled the week before and his knee, I, you know, I had been kind of told that they weren't sure going into this game that he was going to be ready to play. So, I mean, he obviously played well, but I still yeah. think the rest will be good for, for him. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So LSU at, so this is wild. LSU going into Missouri. Missouri's ranked higher than LSU. Yeah. Yep. Um, interesting. I mean, they obviously they should be. They're undefeated. LSU's got two losses. Um, the 12 o'clock game at Mizzou. That's going to be – that's interesting. Missouri that's doesn't – going to be tough to get up for, like, for LSU. It's going to – I mean, oh, after a loss. Yeah. And yeah, at a 12 o'clock game, which is – On the road in Missouri at noon. Yeah, that, gross. Like, that that's a, sucks, going to Missouri. Yeah, like, and they playing don't at noon. like that. Yeah. yeah, a noon game. Because it's going to be, it's going to, like, I have always think that favors, yeah, it favors the underdog. Those noon games favor the underdog, I think. Because, what? like, it's it's a, when you shuffle the deck a little bit and it's not, like, your best against their best, it's kind of like who's able to be ready to play and got their routine going by 11 o'clock in the morning. You know, that's a little different. But that's, I mean, that is an awesome slate of SEC games for a Saturday this this coming game? Yeah, we got a twelve o'clock LSU Missouri mm-hmm. and uh, Western Michigan Mississippi State, but yeah, but and then the three thirty game A and M and Alabama at A and M four o'clock Vandy Florida me I don't I don't think you'll have any trouble with Vanderbilt no. but then at seven blood. o'clock you got Kentucky Georgia so I mean all day SEC football really I mean some good games Arkansas Ole Miss. And then, yeah, like you said, Kentucky. Is that Arkansas Ole Miss? Where is that at? At Ole Miss. Okay. I was Ole Miss say, that be could pumped. be interesting if it was at Arkansas. <sighs> See, but that's that's Ole Miss's kind of thing. Like, that's they'll thing. get a big win, and then they'll yeah. they'll let up against somebody else. It seems like that's always been. If I it mean, was that's on the kind road, of a few I could see that. I yeah, I mean, that's true. I don't think that they'll do that at home. I don't think they'll have trouble. I, I mean, I would think not. Because they're going to be I mean? out like in full force at the seven thirty Grove game again yeah. after a win versus LSU. It will be cranking. Now the at the same breath, Kentucky is going to run in. I mean, we'll 
like I said, mm. we'll know this week because there's no 12 o'clock sleep, you know, who's going to be. This is a 7 o'clock primetime game in Athens. You're ranked 20. You're undefeated. You're going to get Athens' best yeah. environment. And that's Not why for you. That's why you're but, 14 and a half point dog. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, like there, there's a there's a case that can be made. Okay, 12 o'clock at Kentucky, or maybe even 12 o'clock in Athens. But like, or you know, Kentucky lose to Florida, maybe limping in a little bit. You're not sneaking up on Georgia this weekend. Georgia's been told they're not as good. They've been told Kentucky's really good. I know mm-hmm. that you know if they see the point spread, that may be a different story. But like, you're not gonna sneak up on them. They're, Georgia's gonna be ready for you. So in that same breath. Georgia has zero excuse not to look good versus Kentucky. Honestly, yeah, like if mm-hmm. if they don't, like it's you're starting to think, okay, you know what? If it looks like there will be maybe a, a, a loss on the schedule somewhere, but until they lose, like I'm yeah, just I'm not gonna do that. They're just good enough to yeah. find a way, kind of thing. Like and you, the, you know, they're good. Yeah, they're just and they're, they're well vulnerable. coached too. Like yeah, I mean, that's hearing that. Hearing that uh, halftime thing when he, they went in the halftime versus South Carolina, like Kirby's really good. He doesn't man. panic. He does not panic. That's the thing. He's got veteran guys <laughs> who don't. I know. I'm not saying they they don't have young players. Oh, obviously they got Buku's a young talent, but he's got some some leadership on the team. He's got a group of guys that he was like, hey, this. Did you ever see that on SEC mm. story or whatever? He was like, we're gonna get the ball four times in the next in the second half. We're gonna score all four times. They may score once. And then he was like, "This is this is we've seen this before at Missouri. We've seen we're going to go do this. We're going to go do this. We're going to stay calm. The very next play, just worry about the very next play." And by God, they got the ball four times, scored all four times, and uh, South Carolina scored once. And he, exactly what he said was going to happen to his team happened. Yeah, and, and he's <laughs> he's built that kind of culture yeah. there. I mean, they they buy into it. They believe everything he said. And they I think should. That's where I think that's where Florida's trying to get to. And like you said, they got some of those guys that just don't know how to get over that heart, that hurdle yet. And yeah. It's not. It's just not been ingrained to them like it had. Like some of those guys that have been at Georgia for two years, three years now. I mean, they they know what they're supposed to do when they yeah. leave. You know. Yeah. On Saturday, there's something to be said for that. Like yeah. they uh, at the halftime, like you know how the. The host or whatever the, on the broadcast, right? They always talk to the coach before ha- or right at halftime mm-hmm. before they go in. And uh, this last week when they were at Auburn, right? I think I can't remember if they were tied or down. I think they were tied, maybe going, going in halftime. Half. Yeah, and the I think it was ten to ten. I'm almost certain that's what it was. And then the girl, she's like, uh, got Kirby, and she was like, uh, you know, your team. You know, Auburn was able to get you guys rattled or something like that, and he looked at her like, "Oh, like rattled? We don't get rattled." <laughs> he, like, yeah. and he was like, he was like, you know, they did some, they did some things well, you know, and he was yeah. just like, but he goes, but we're not rattled. We're, you know, he was talking about how yeah. calm they were, you know, like yeah. he was like, we don't get rattled. We, you know, we stay calm. We, you know, I kind of think like, he's right though. Yeah, like, he was offended. By oh, it, he was yeah. offended. Like because the fact like that she had said I think something like that in the past. Yeah, the, the, he, she's basically saying like. They're playing so far down to Auburn's level of competition, they must be rattled. I, to that, I would say the gap there isn't as big as in years past. You don't, they don't have to be rattled. It's just that maybe Auburn's done some good things, you know? Um, but you're right. They were tied 10 10 going into halftime. Um, we'll close on the Florida, I guess the Florida, uh, not to break down a Florida Vandy game, but there's more riding on this than what you would think. From a Florida Vandy game, naturally, with 
Florida, the one inexcusable loss from Napier's tenure. Mm-hmm. I'm always, I mean, granted, my fandom is maybe a little different than some other people's. If I'm, if I can't do anything to affect the outcome of something, then I'm not going to be a critic of it. I'm just going to be a fan. Like I'll, I'll root for him. You know, tell me who's the coach. I'll root for him. Whatever. So I may be a little different, but I've usually been able to spin every loss at like, hey, it's not the worst thing in the world. That Vandy game was a rough one. There's really no spinning that one last year. Um, and so you can't lose the Vandy two years in a row if you're Billy Napier. I'm gonna I, I'll back him no matter what, as long as he's a coach. It's not that's not my call. But just speaking from like how Florida fans will react to the game, they will not Don't that lose will the Vandy. not happen if you lose the Vandy twice. And and, and, and both years like don't get me wrong. He he, Napier took over a really disgruntled group, but they've got last year they were a better team than Vandy. You should have never lost to Vandy, and this year they're clearly a better team. So like, that's the one inexcusable loss I I think he has on his well, on his resume is the Vandy game of last year. I can't I can't I can't spin that one. Right. I mean, as a fan base, I would say right now you've lost every game. Maybe you expected. But you've won a game that you really didn't expect. Them. I don't think most Florida fans thought they were expected to win that Tennessee game. So if you lose one that you're unexpected, you know, if you lose mm-hmm. a Vandy game, everybody forgets you beat Tennessee earlier in the year. They're like, he's lost to Vandy. Yeah. I mean, that hurts him a lot. Well, and and to my point, they've not lost I, – I don't know this for a fact, so somebody would probably fact check this, but they've not lost a game under Napier that they weren't – the. Favored to lose or yeah. or like slated to right. lose, so they've not lost games that they should have won. Mm-hmm. They've done the opposite a couple of times: Other Utah, yeah. Tennessee, except for the Vandy game. Yeah. Um. So that's that's why, in a weird way, uh, there's a lot riding on this. Listen, I don't. I love Napier. I want. I'm fully not, losing to Tennessee. Even when we lost Tennessee and Kentucky. Like with you have to look at more of just in the moment and say, okay. What's the what has been the trajectory of building the program? Like, what's the recruiting class coming in? Like things like that. And I'm I still think the trajectory is I'm 100 percent on board. I'm just speaking from like Florida fans, like how they're going to react to it. If you lose to Vandy, it's going to be it's going to be tough. This one's at Vandy. No, it's at Florida. Oh yeah, you got to be you can't you got to beat them at home. Yeah, for sure. And I think think they will. And I think I don't. I I think. I'd be a little more it's, worried uh, if it was on the road, but even then, I wouldn't be that worried. Yeah. It's not a crazy atmosphere. No. Really. No. There uh, is one other big game yeah. tomorrow. So I was going to say. Oklahoma, Saturday. Oklahoma, Texas. Mm, oh, sorry. Yep. Yeah, tomorrow. Saturday. Sorry. I wish it was tomorrow, Clark. Yeah. Uh, um, I'm ready for some more football. Yeah, Oklahoma, Texas is going to be fun. Yeah. I mean, that, that line kind of surprises me a little bit. At Texas, Texas being just a six-and-a-half-point favorite, I, I figured they would be a, a bigger favorite in that game. Oklahoma's not really played anybody, though, have they? No. They've been I could scoring be a lot there. of points other than, I think, one game. Oh, that's Oklahoma's one decent game, didn't they? I thought they won one game pretty early that was big. They have beaten Arkansas State, SMU, Tulsa, Cincinnati, only 20-6, to six, and they were losing in that game. Iowa State and so so no they've not played a ranked yeah, team. Either, Cincinnati's yeah. not terrible, but they've not played a ranked team. Yeah, Cincinnati they yeah they only beat twenty to six and they only beat SMU twenty eight to eleven. So I guess did you say it was Texas minus six and something six and, six and, a, half. and a half? Um, I didn't get to watch it 
I don't know if either one of you two did and could speak on it, but the it sounded like Colorado was getting beat pretty bad and almost came back and beat they did. USC. Or, I mean, no, they didn't. It, I wouldn't say they almost came back and won, but they made it interesting. I mean, here's my take on that: they 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 were getting lapped. Yeah, and then. You know, you took the fret off the gas a little bit because you're, and then they like hurry up at the end and you know score some points. I'm not saying that they could have tied the game. Yeah, they, yeah, they only lost by seven. So in that respect, it's kind. Mm, no, I was about to compare it to another game from last year, but I don't think it was. Well, I mean, that. they were down twenty-one nothing. I know oh, that. they were and down I think thirty-eight down. to seven at yeah. one point. Oh, really? It was. Uh, I think thirty-eight to seven. It was a. It, it, it honestly, it started just like the Oregon game, like. USC was just bulldozing them. And you're like, oh, these two teams don't belong on the same field. Now, going into that game, what we knew is USC's defense is boo-boo. And <laughs> they were able to kind of expose that a little bit. But USC's also really good on defense or on offense. So, Well, but that's good. I mean, they did score 48 points. So I, have, I will say the, the prime talk has come down a little bit. I haven't heard. Quite as much after the two losses. Yeah. Yeah. I well, So you weren't here last week. I My thing last week was I got off of the bandwagon bef- when all this, like, like w- talking about them as if, like, they're top 10 team in the country, I'm off. After they lost to Oregon like they did, now I'm back on. Because I think they're exactly, like, they're so much further along than, or they're, they're so much... They're doing so well in regards to how they were last year, yeah. right? So, like, to try to put them in this top 10 box is unfair to them. But they're still doing a really good job of turning that thing around. So, And they were going from 1-11 and 11 or 1-12, and 12, winning one game last year with a terrible team to being, you know, at least a competitive team yeah. within the, the division, right? I mean, they're going to – they're definitely going to lose – I'm sure more than the two games they've already lost, but they're definitely going to win, you know, a lot more games than they would have if they had stayed on the course they were on without without yeah. Dion. I, I mean, and I think Dion's right. Like, if you're going to get them, get them now because this is the worst they're going to be. I mean, they're still having. I mean, they had a bunch of recruits at that mm-hmm. USC game that were there to, you know, yeah, see them play and and potentially come to come I don't play think for Colorado. He's going anywhere. I mean, I think he's. I think I mean if he did that in one year, three years down the road, they're going to be they are going to be something to deal with. I just think it was a little too much, too quick. I think it was unfair to them right, to yeah. be like, "Oh, USC." Or, I think it was uh, unfair to the kids. Yeah, I think yeah, Dion yeah. That's what that I mean. On himself. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, but I do think, yeah, he. Uh, it's not you know he looks at attention as a good thing. Yeah, all the attention is good, but the media associates attention with expectations mm-hmm. too. He which you kind of, you know, it's not their job to separate those two, but in reality those two should probably be separated. Like we yeah. can give them attention, oh, what's Colorado doing? But we don't need to associate that with like expecting them in year 1 off a of 1 and 11 season to compete with a top 5 Oregon team, or a top 10 Oregon team. Right. And the, and <clears throat> I mean game day being there is a good example of that. Like why are they really there? Because yeah. they brought all this hype on to the to the program, and that was mm-hmm. that was on Dion. I mean, Dion, and I agree with him one hundred percent. He put them back on the map, so he's doing a good thing. But don't be surprised when things aren't going well that you do get some haters. Oh, yeah. Did you see where Feinbaum says that within three years he thinks Dion's going to be a coach of a 
uh, SEC team. SEC school. I, I saw that. He I think that's his goal. Paul Paul apparently has that school in mind. He just won't say it. Yeah. Yeah, he said he knows who it's going to be. But, I mean, what would your prediction be? If it's an SEC school, I mean. I mean, would you say in three years, you know, you're looking at Saban's going to be about 90. <laughs> well, I I could see that, but it's Alabama time, is a whole nother – that's the Animal only dude. That Nobody wants to be the coach after Saban either. Yeah, I don't Dion. think. Uh, Dion would. Dion. Yeah, Dion's the one guy that would like. I, I, I did see this. where Saban came out and said that how much respect he has for yeah. Dion too. Well, it would make it, sense. The Affleck yeah. commercials and all that. Well, they, people people get you know that sixty minutes commercial or the interview where they were like, "Who do you think the best coach in the country is?" And Dion was like, "Give me a mirror," and they they clip <laughs> that part of it. Mm-hmm. Which he did say that they didn't put words in his mouth, but the longer, like after that, where the clip cuts off, he kind of explains that a little bit, and he's kind of just basically saying like, "I'm a competitor. I think I'm the best." But he, but then yeah. you can tell he starts talking about Nick Saban, <laughs> and he's like, "You can't word it. Show me a mirror, yeah. and then expect <laughs> yeah. people not to take it." I know that way. exactly. Well, that's the thing. Like he probably wants people to take that clip, but if you yeah. if you let him unpack that, it's very much a. He didn't say like. Actually, I'm not, and Nick Saban is. But the way he talked about Nick Saban, he was like, yeah. he thinks Nick, he knows Nick Saban is the best coach in the country. Okay, well, let's hypothetically say that that doesn't happen. I was thinking A and M LSU would be the two that come to mind. So, but A and M, I think, would be more likely. Because yeah. um, I, I think, I, I think Brian see, Kelly's. I don't see him on the hot seat no. by any stretch. But hey, and and Dion's a Texas guy. I mean, he's. Yeah. Dallas, yeah, he, he has a. I, he may still have a. Was he not high school coach in yeah. Texas? Is yeah, that not that where his son plays. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was thinking. Um, I mean, Florida obviously would scare the crap out of me. That and I don't. Three years from now, Texas and Oklahoma will be in the SEC. Yeah, I just true. here's the thing. I don't. I love Dion, and maybe it's just a Florida homer in me, but like, I think I'd just rather have. I'd rather have Billy Napier for, for this reason. What's Dion's best thing that he brings to the table? Recruiting. Billy Napier, I think, can out-recruit him. Now, whether or not so. what that happens on Saturday, I don't know. But he, Napier has a number two recruiting class in the country coming off a six and seven season. But like, I, that is why. I mean, I, 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 I'm not saying he's a bad recruiter. I just think if you put Dion in the SEC, he becomes. I mean, he's. I think he well, gets more guys in the maybe SEC the than first he would year, in Colorado. But like, you still have to win. Yeah. So you know. And, and the same thing's going to happen with Colorado. The hype is there, but if they don't ever start winning, like on a larger yeah. scale, the recruiting dips off. Like I was talking about, it's like when you open a restaurant. You, you're going to get a great amount of – you're going to get a huge crowd the first couple of weeks, but if the food's not good, ain't nobody going to keep yeah. coming. I think that's – I'm if, not saying he won't. But, I'm just saying if Florida – you know, Napier, yeah. I mean, they'll give him another couple of years, but if he ain't winning by year four – Correct. He's gone. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just I'm I think the first step in winning, I believe, is recruiting at a, a, yeah, a national level and not a number ten level, not a number fifteen level, a number one through five level. You're not competing for a national championship coming outside of those five. Right. I don't think. And I think that's that's what got Billy Napier the job is he recruits like crazy. And imagine what Florida can do if they were to have an eight and four season. We were six and seven last year. 
and we got the number two class in the country. I feel like there's so many comparisons between Kiffin and Prime when it comes to like his name and what yeah. he what he brings. What the he, vibes, yeah, just when he comes into a place. And I mean, to your point, for a while Kiffin was getting about whatever recruited he, you know, whatever recruit he wanted. Mm-hmm. He he could get, at least get in there with him. Mm-hmm. But I feel like, you know, everybody's kind of used to Kiffin now. So that yeah. may have kind of fallen off. And maybe yeah. the same happens with, you know, with Dion is he's the, for a couple of years, he would recruit really well. And then yeah. if it wasn't, you know, happening on the field for him the way, you know, it should be, then yeah, your recruiting is going to fall off. I think recruiting is like a snowball. And the more momentum you can get, the more. And, and, and recruiting is tied to winning, sure, which is kind of like this snowball effect, right? So, like, the more you win, the more the recruiting will kind of snowball itself. Now, I go back to this every week, I feel like, but how much more is a guy like Dion going to help you out as a guy looking for NIL money, too? I mean, it's almost like Dion brings the money with him, too. Like, the money train almost feels like it follows him. Does that, I mean, am I wrong yeah, to say that? You I think? can see that, but I also. I just feel like his connections think, help those guys, whether it be going to the next level. You know, I just feel like he's so tied into business-wise. I just wonder how many, because the, the amount of funds, although it seems unending and, like, not having a bottom sometimes when it comes to college athletics, it does, you know, it does in a sense have, has a cap on it, right? So, like, yeah. if if the case can be made, if the coach – you know, the coach is getting paid a couple million dollars. I don't know that eh, the NIL money is not tied to that. I don't know. Just kind of, th- I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I don't know how kids view that. If they're like, if they're, if, if those kids that are on Dion Seam are making more NIL money directly because of Dion, yeah. you know, I think that's a positive. Now, whether or not you can prove that, I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I don't know if that's even a thing, but I'm, I feel like he would be connected well enough with those type of people. <laughs> well, there's going to be more NIL money for big-time schools than there will that, be for other schools. what scares you yeah. is if he goes to Texas A&M. Yeah. If That's, he goes to Texas A&M and has that That would be my book. guess on what Paul... I think so, too. That's the, that's dude, what that is nasty money yeah. there, though. Like, wild. But, I don't know. We'll see. Well, I don't know if we'll ever see necessarily what Paul's talking about, but we'll see how he does. I'm. I mean, obviously... I'm rooting for him. I think his goal, too, is to end up somewhere, you know, I wouldn't say other than Colorado because that sounds bad. But most coaches, you know, if they're, I mean, that's the goal is to be at a premier program, obviously. Yeah. yeah. I don't think it's degrading to Colorado to be like, hey, he wants to be in the SEC, be in SEC or even, I don't know, if he could ever mend that fence with, with Florida State. I don't know if that's going to happen, but. I mean, you, I mean, if you're a Florida State fan, I think you you tell them figure it out. Yeah, I mean, but it I mean depends how Florida State's doing at the time too, because right now they're on a pretty good track. Yeah, I mean, also almost lost a couple games. But yeah, three actually, or no two. <laughs> anyway, all right, um, we'll catch everybody next week, week six. Uh, thanks for listening. In. See you next week.